0: Hello and welcome to the Pursuit Rooted Podcast. I am Joseph Johnson. <laughs> Go ahead. And I'm Samantha, his
1: wife. <laughs> Sometimes I'm sorry.
0: We're we're um What are we? We're the pastors <laughs> <laughs> at miraculous. Pursuit Young Adults Ministry. This opening is a is a train wreck. Um yeah, we're the pastors at Pursuit Young Adults Ministry. We meet the first and third Sundays of each month at 6 p.m. We would love to have you come out. We're in our current sermon series about the Lordship of Christ. Last week we talked about the favor of God and the favor of man, which I feel like there's still more to unpack there. But we it was a pretty long podcast, so we didn't want to keep going with it. But maybe we can circle back to that at some point. Maybe when we have the, other, the guest on that we were talking about having on, we can explore favor of God and favor of man in the confines of that conversation. That would be good. Yeah, I think. I think that'd be good. Okay. You good?
1: Yeah, we're going to have to do two podcasts with that people. I mean, I would be okay with
0: it. I think we could do more than that. Probably. Yeah. I just love to sit and listen to them, talk, share mm-hmm. all the amazing stuff God's done in their lives. Um, today, though, we're doing our final podcast for this month, for this sermon series. We have a bonus episode for the last week, though, of the month mm-hmm. about Brazil, which is pretty cool. But this week...
1: I'm listen, i part
0: of that <clears throat> Yeah. This week, uh, we're talking about the Lordship, Friendship, and Ministry. Lordship, Friendship, and Ministry. John 15, 14 through 15 said, You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. So Jesus had 12 disciples. Mm-hmm who saw him as a rabbi, as a master, that they were teaching. They were growing from his teaching. But then he comes, he pours into them, he raises them up, and then he comes alongside them and says, actually, I want to enrich this this relationship. I want to unlock an aspect of this that we've not yet had, and that is that I'm going to call you friends. That's pretty powerful Mm -hmm. to have the Messiah say, I call you my friend. And I wrestled with that a little bit because he says, I call you my friends if you do what I command. And I wrestled with that because it, it just, it's always seemed a little strange to me because I, uh, in the confines of the friend relationship of for me to look at someone and say, if you do what I say, then you're my friend. I
1: don't kind of be friends with people that are like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then, I began to see that there was a there was a reason why Jesus said that and it it actually made it make more sense to me. I, okay. We're kind of unpack it in this. Well no, we gotta we gotta get there. There's a, process. a rush in the process. Wow. Okay. All right. So let's first talk about the difference between servants and friends. Because excuse me, forgive my yawning. Um we've been camping this past weekend with our kids and
1: we woke up at seven AM to come back for church. Sure. We're committed like <laughs> that.
0: This is Sam tooting her own horn about excellence over no, here. No, I'm just, he's, I'm just kidding. She's
1: talking about stupidity. I think more than this is not a wise decision.
0: No, uh, no, we had a good time though. It was. It's just it was a long night.
1: It's been a long day.
0: It's been a long day, but it's been a good day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <words>. servants, <laughs> servants, servants do crazy things like that.
0: Go. So up until this point, their relationship with Christ had been. One of servanthood, but then he said, I want to unpack friendship. Now let's talk about like what a servant is. There's <coughs> another yawn. I can't stop them today. Um, let's talk about what servants versus friends are. So, servants stay at a distance and they don't know what their master's doing. They don't get to be involved in the business other than to take orders, and they don't get to typically, the servants didn't get to live in the houses. They had their own places, quarters. servants' quarters. They didn't get they do what they're told. But friends are allowed to come close and listen as the master shares. Jesus says, I call you friends, and all that I've learned from my Father I make known to you. Servants, just like you said, do what they're told, but friends carry the heart of the master, and they don't need to wait to be told to do something because they know his heart about a situation. That's what the whole thing about the parable of the talents is. Like, you know, he said, I buried this because I know you're this, I know you're that, I know this. And he says, Well, if you knew these things about me, why didn't you just go put it in the, in the bank and get interest off of it? And he, when he was, he was um, uh, coming at the, the servant who didn't steward the talent well. So, friends know the heart of the master. They know. And when I look at a situation of someone needs healing, I don't have to look at that situation and go, I need to wait until he gives me a word to go pray for them. No. He gave me a word. He gave me a lot of words in are in the Gospels. It's a Great
1: Commission.
0: A Great Commission. Servants uh, they don't see themselves as partaking in the business. They're just there to do what they're told and be done. Whereas friends understand that they're co-laboring with the master and they actually share in the outcome. Okay. I think that's I think that's important. Jesus, you know, the joy set before him, he went to the cross. Like he went to the cross to redeem humanity, but. It was the heart of the father to see his uh, all of humanity restored him become to become children, and Jesus gets to partake in that, which is pretty awesome. Um, this is inter- This is a good one. Servants don't see themselves as part of the family; they're not a part of the family. They're just there to serve the family.
1: Yeah, there's no inheritance when mm-hmm. the family does.
0: Whereas the friends understand. This is a family. Mm-hmm. He may call me friend, but in actuality, he's my brother. Jesus is my big brother. The father may be Yahweh, and God, God in general is Yahweh. But but we, you know we we've we've not known him as father. Jesus revealed him to us as father. So although I'm um, Jesus calls me friend, and Abraham was a friend of God, Moses was a friend of God. Like Jesus brought. In this family aspect, into into this relationship. Um, so another thing is, the servants feel animosity towards others in the house when they are blessed. This is this goes kind of goes along with that orphanhood sonship as well, which I don't want to dive into that because it'd be easy to go down that path. But we save that for another time. But servants, when they see an, and they see another one in the in the house getting blessed and getting touched and getting favor, getting whatever it may be instead of celebrating them, they feel animosity towards them. Mm-hmm. Whereas friends celebrate with others in the family because they know that an upgrade for one is an upgrade for the entire family. Mm-hmm. Like Moo gets touched by God, and I see the gifts of the Spirit manifesting in Moo's life in ways that they didn't in mine, but I wanted to see that. Well, I don't get upset by that. I say, God, that's incredible. And, I, and because you're doing that in Moo's life, it's an, upgrade for, it's an upgrade for all of us. Servants feel animosity towards the master when he blesses another in the house, but friends glorify the father because his grace is on another, knowing that the father wants to pour that grace out on them as well. So you see the difference in the dynamic here. Um, servants is we're not part of the family; we just do what we're told. Just you know, we're just kind of doing this thing. If someone else is blessed, I'm going to be upset because that should have been my blessing. Or someone else is getting is getting used in the family or in the in the in the in the body, then that should be me. And they're upset and they're jealous. And they, there's these things that manifest, that t- that tend to manifest if someone stays in servant mindset. Mm-hmm. Now it's true that we have to be servants. Like Paul understood in his identity that he was a son, but in his in his operation uh, of. Um, of the grace that was given him. He was a servant. He even said that. I'm a I'm a love slave. I can't get away from this. I can't. There's nothing I can do than to just do what he's told me to do. It's his grace that works effective in me. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? What are you thinking?
1: Um, yeah, I think that's what I was just trying to think, comparing my mind, but like a servant seems to be very like one track. Like I didn't, I was trying to, think of a word and it's not self-centered because they're not, they're serving someone else. But also at the same time, yes, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's two manifestations and I've kind of highlighted the, the more negative version of the manifestation of servanthood Mm -hmm. here. Cause I say not servanthood, servanthood isn't a bad thing. We have to be servants. Yes. But when you take on the identity of a servant, as like the elder brother in the prodigal son story, mm-hmm. that's what this is. That I just highlighted the other side of being a servant of, of having the mindset of a servant and never stepping into that, that other place that God's called us to is like, I'm only as good as what I can do. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's a work based, yeah. based mentality. Whereas with a, like a friend, it's like you said, it's more of a family mentality. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of also in Acts where they're, you know, they sold everything and they bring it all together. Everything they have is each other's, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like you said, if, if, if someone gets a loaf of bread, then they all get a loaf of bread. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. even down to the smallest things, like they all share in that abundance. They all share in the blessing. And so there's no animosity because what is one is is all's. Mm -hmm. And I think that, is maybe the, the difference where it's a more one with the servant mentality. Mm-hmm. Like what can I do? Yeah. And then the other side is like a we mentality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, in there's different ways at which that, that servant nature can manifest. And some of it looks, it always looks like doing something, but there can be two, there's two sides of that coin, you know, but whereas, being a friend is different it's an understanding of we're in a family um yes he's the master but he's my brother he's he's my savior but he's my brother uh, he's God but he's my father like there's these this understanding of a much more it's much a, it's a relational aspect to this to this um I um, almost said to this relationship is not really the way I want to. It. It's a familial aspect of this relationship. Before it was a master servant and Jesus said, now I call you friends and your father, then he tells later on after, he re- after he's resurrected, he says, Mary, go tell him my God, your God, my father, your father. Um, I, I should be able to quote that verse. I don't have it in front of me, but I should, I should have had it out. But, but he, he opens up this familial aspect of it. So he talks about servants. He talks about friends. And he says, now he's not only my father, he's your father. Mm-hmm. So there's this friend and family dynamic that, that comes into play. But it, it's all under the lordship of Christ.
1: Now, that's what I was about to say. How does lordship play into all this?
0: So he says, it, you are my friends if you do what I command. So I have to come under his lordship. And I have to walk in obedience to his commandments. He said, he he actually tells me that is where, I, where I'm called his friend. And this is what I, I kind of wrestled with a little bit. And I, I started thinking about that. Um, once we're under his lordship, we're we're invited into a place of intimacy with God where we learn what it means to be a friend. That's what he's saying. here. So you don't have to just stay at this servant mentality. Um, but he says, you're my friends if you do what I command. E- essentially... Yes, he, I don't want to take away from his lordship. I don't want to take away from the fact that he is the, he's the king of the universe here. But I think it's important to point this out is that what Jesus is saying is, I've given you the way of life that the Father gave to me. If you follow it, then your life will be aligned with mine, and therefore you and I are going to be walking in the path of righteousness together. Like, Now, Jesus isn't deviating from that path. But what he's doing is he's giving me what the Father gave him he's saying, if you walk in this, you're going to have your life aligned with mine. You're going to be walking in the path of righteousness. You're going to be walking in the way that God intended all of humanity to walk. I I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not just what the Father gave him. It's not just him saying, well, the Father gave me this, so here you go. He's king. So when he passed down what the Father gave him, it didn't come as a suggestion. It was like, no, this is a kingdom. He's the king. He's giving us what the Father gave him, the way of life, the path of righteousness that he walked out and he modeled for us. And he's saying, now, if you will do this, if you will if you will walk in what I commanded you, if you will walk the path that I'm walking, then you'll be my friend. Yeah, well, and I, would, always,
1: I always take it back to like, a royal, the royal priesthood and, and different things like that, like, we're heirs mm-hmm. of God, like, we're royal, that's what I tell the kids all the time, you're royal sons and daughters yeah. of God, and so when you think about it from that aspect, like, you know, him, him was our father and we are his son or daughter, like, we have an inheritance, like, we're, we're next in line type thing, like, we're not the one that's that is the servant running around doing all the things mm-hmm. like where they yes, he is still King. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have to come in alignment under him mm-hmm. and respect him and, and obey him mm-hmm. or that inheritance is not going to fall to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I have to, I have to, for me, that helps to, to picture that. And it, it's not like I'm just, a servant that, like you said, waiting to to be told what to do, or mm-hmm. um, thinking that I have to to beg for for something. Yeah. But I am a royal heir. Yeah. Like with an inheritance, and with that comes responsibilities, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also, it it comes like you said with the familial aspect of yes, you're my father. But you're also my King and my Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah. And G- Jesus is, he. we may call, it, you don't hear people say Jesus is my brother a lot, but that's right, he, he's our brother. Mm-hmm. But he's also my my King. And just, it does not take away from my position in the family to glorify him and acknowledge him in his right position.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I'm still royal and I'm still in a, a, a part of this royal Priesthood, kingdom, priesthood, and family. Even though he's king, like because he's king, I've been brought into this, so I don't have to look at him and be like, "Well, he's king," and you know, I'm just over no. That's that's a weird way to look at this. It was because of his sacrifice he gets to be king. He's God, and because of that, he's opened a way for us to come into the family, and we're just we've been made royalty in that. And going back to the friendship, that I want to point this out. Um, the way that that kind of comes out when i was saying like jesus said if you walk in this you're walking the path that i'm walking you're walking the way that i'm walking so i i like this just to kind of explain friendship from this perspective if you and i aren't walking together then there's no connection there mm-hmm. if our lives are not aligned like think about someone that you know you may have a a, a church place acquaintance you know And they're, they're, they're family, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're part of the kingdom family, but you don't see them other than at church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You don't share any of the same interests. You don't share any of the same hobbies. Like you may, maybe you're a prayer meeting together and things like that or a church service, but like for you to call them, uh, you know, to, to use that term friend in like a deep sense of like someone that I share my life with and they share their life with me. We we can't necessarily say that or workplace acquaintance or even even some family members that are like you don't you're not very close to. Like because our lives are not aligned together. There's not that proximity which creates intimacy.
1: Well, and it goes back like we were just talking about this at our small group, but it goes back to vulnerability. And I think that's what friendship that's a key component to friendship, even when it comes to our relationship with God is like mm-hmm. being vulnerable with him.
0: Yeah, I was just kinda getting at the part of like of like if my life's not walking where Jesus is walking then I, then I'm not going to be his friend. Mm-hmm. like that's that's the big thing that I was trying to bring out here is that like if, if you do what I command you, well if I do what I, if I do what he commands me, then that means I'm walking the same path he is and that means that we're aligned and when we're aligned, there's intimacy there and there's there's friendship that, that is born. If I don't spend time in the natural, with someone that I'm never going to develop a friendship with them. Mm -hmm. If they have different interests than me, I'm never going to, like if we just never have time that we come together, I'm never going to develop a friendship with them. Um, I don't know. Whenever I saw that, it just made, it made that verse make so much more sense to me. Like, I guess it it may not make more sense, but it just kind of enriched the the meaning of it. Um, So friendship with Jesus is first recognizing his lordship because I have to do what he says. He said that and then aligning myself with him through obedience. Like when I recognize his lordship and I do what he says, I obey the word. Then I come into obedience to him, and then I'm then he says oh, I I call you friend. And that's that's pretty awesome. Now how does this relate to ministry? How does friendship and lordship relate to ministry then? I mean, I think both of
1: those things relate to ministry because if he's not lord of your life, you're not walking with him in Walking with him in a place of intimacy where he does call you friend, like he called Moses friend or or you know David friend uh, those mm-hmm. things, then it's really hard to do ministry apart from that.
0: well, I mean what does what does that look like what What does ministry look like for someone who's a servant versus someone who's a friend?
1: It's again, tell me what to do. Yeah instead of like coming along alongside and being like laborers together
0: so we like when we're when we're friends with God we recognize that he's already at work mm-hmm. and we're you know he's he's plowing a field he's sowing a field he's harvesting a field and he's inviting us to come and join in that work whereas a servant can sometimes have that mentality of I'm just here to punch the clock or give me my next marching orders give me my next assignment God mm-hmm. um,
1: like think of it well, I just was thinking like this like you know this weekend like you said we've been camping or whatever and so where you were at work on Thursday I guess it was Thursday mm-hmm. like I could have just waited until you got home and been like I need him to tell me exactly what we need to pack exactly how to pack in the van blah 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 blah, blah. but because I know you and that we've walked together mm-hmm. we've been on a million camping trips together like I don't have to wait for you to tell me to pack this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. and that we're going to need this on this trip or whatever. Make sure you pack this, like, because we know each other and Mm -hmm. we've walked this way together before. And so I knew exactly how to prepare. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think the same thing with ministry is, like, when you've been walking in the secret place with God, you know exactly how to prepare because you're doing it, you've done life together so much. Mm-hmm. You know what he expects of you.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, and I, but I think like even even to kind of open that up a little bit more, like sometimes if we don't if we don't see ourselves as a friend of God, as a son of the Father, like we don't have these understandings of our, our identity with God, then ministry can look like us trying to force things to happen. It can look like us trying to carry the the weight of, of making something happen. Like that's something that we I cannot control the outcome, other than doing things with excellence and yielding to the Holy Spirit and following His leading and guiding. There's things I can practically do in a service to build faith, like to prepare. If I'm having a if I'm if we're having a healing service, which in my mind every service should be healing service, but mm-hmm. um, I can do things that'll pr- promote or discourage faith in the congregation. So there's things I can do there that would impact. But that goes back to doing things with excellence, I feel like. But whenever it gets to the point where I'm like, I've got to try to make the outcome happen. Mm -hmm. Now I'm walking in something that's that's not good. And you see a lot of times people who are in ministry who have that servant kind of mentality, they they take this weight upon themselves to make this thing happen.
1: Yeah, and I think you see that a lot in ministry when it comes to the numbers game, when it comes to growth. It's mm-hmm. like, oh well, we only had a certain amount of people here today, and mm-hmm. what do I got to do to what plans and programs? You know, do I need to put in place to make sure we got numbers, num- numbers, 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 numbers? Yeah. When in reality, when you're a friend with God, you're walking alongside Him. He's like, I don't, I don't really care about the numbers. I care about like equipping and discipling the numbers you you have, yeah. and then we'll grow, and then we'll multiply. Yeah. So there's no use in having numbers if they're just. Hmm.
0: They're not disciples. We have to steward. yeah, we have to we have to steward. Yeah. And uh, that, that's that's good. That's a good example. Um so but like as a friend though, ministry is fun. It looks like resting in his presence, it looks relying like relying on his power and his grace to flow through us and to touch people. And it's like well, I'm the weight of trying to force something to happen comes off. And I'm just I'm just enjoying being it's like ministry goes from work to a son and his father together for me you know mm-hmm. and whenever I'm not in that mentality I know that I'm, I'm I'm out of sync even if I've got to I'm counseling someone on a really difficult situation it can still look like a son and his father because God has a solution to every problem um, even in tragedy it can still be a son and his father ministering and helping and pouring out it may it may affect my emotions differently because of what the situation is but I can trust going into that, that I'm ministering with my heavenly father and that he has a solution. He has a, an answer. Um, and whenever I'm ministering and, you know, and healing or preaching or whatever it may be, I understand like I'm a son and this is my father and we're doing this together. It's not on me to force this thing to happen. Yeah. He's here. He He's responsible for that part, not me. And the way that I grow in the operate, you know, the power and presence in my life is through intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I'm just I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm aligning myself more and more with Him. So, ministry from servanthood can it can be good in the sense of it does bear fruit, but I would say that there has to be a place that we come to where we, we realize that we're friends with God. And that we're part of the family of God. And that from ministry from that place, I think has an abundant more fruit than the other one. I heard I heard someone talking one time about they were driving with a with a really prominent minister, and he had this mentality of he actually even said something like, Yep, I just waiting for God to give me my next marching orders. She used that phrase specifically. And this guy looked at him and was just like, What? And he began to talk to this man about, you know, you you're a son. Like, we're not just like soldiers in an army. Like, and it had never entered this guy's mind that he was a part of a family. Hmm. And he was a, from what this individual was saying, he was extremely prominent. Like, if 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 we had his name right now and said it, the way I took it, so everybody would know. It. I was just hearing the story secondhand. But he said that this man had no, like, he had no mindset for like I'm a part of a family and I'm a son and I'm a friend and there's more to this. So that makes me think like, man, imagine what what the fruit of his ministry could be when his life is aligned with truth completely as, you know, I'm not just a servant, I'm a, I'm a friend. I'm, I'm, there's more to this relationship, you know?
1: I mean, I think what you're talking about though is it's a huge issue In the body of Christ, when it comes to like identity, I think what you're talking about is a huge issue when it comes to identity because there's so many uh, men and women that don't realize that they're sons and daughters, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that affects everything, including if they're called to ministry, you know, and they can step into that role, yes, but they still have... That those issues about uh, with identity of not truly knowing whose they are and who mm-hmm. they are in him, then that's where you end up. Like you said, with the marching orders and the, the different stuff like that. Just, just being a good soldier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that that's a that's a recipe for burnout. That's what that's when you're overworking yourself and you're pouring out from yourself and not pouring out from, the the intimacy that you have with God, the oil that comes from the intimacy with God, like, because you don't know who you are, you don't know that you're a child, you don't know that you're a friend of God, like, that is a, that's like a risk that's a recipe for burnout, you know? And that's sad, because we see that manifest in different ways in people's lives. Sorry, God again. Oh,
1: that's
0: what happens when you camp, all right? Sometimes when you camp and people next to you yell all night and fight. Wild night. We won't, we won't it was a wild night. It was a wild night. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think that, I think it's important that like we have to bring ourselves in. Kind of wrapping up this sermon series, we have to come under His lordship. Mm-hmm. We have to learn what it means to be in awe and reverence and the fear of the Lord. We have to understand what it means to grow in the favor of God and the favor of man, and how lordship is connected to that growth in favor. Um. But also, we have to understand that in lordship, I'm not just a subject in his kingdom. He actually says, if I'm in alignment with his lordship, he, he will call me friend. And that, that opens up an aspect of the kingdom that I think we've not explored. I think we've not explored that. We've seen people explore that. Mm-hmm. We've seen people walk in that, and we see their lives, and we go, whoa, whoa. They're the super blessed ones. They're the super powerful ones in ministry. They're the super anointed ones in intercession. They're the—it's like no. They're just obedient, mm-hmm. and he calls them friend. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's so much more to that place, um, and ministering from that place is where we're supposed to be. Not we're not ministering to try to become God's friend. If I do enough stuff, I can become God's friend. So that's not what that's not what this is about. But we pour out from a place of friendship with God and sonship and instead of just, you know, I'm a servant ready for my assignment and my marching orders. Um Yeah, and there's so much more to ministry from that place. Like I don't I don't know. That's a that's that's not something that's common.
1: Yeah, you know, I think about it like with ministry, like if you're if you're doing Something with a friend, like you said, it's like, it's it's fun, it's enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're just doing something because you think your boss has told you to do it, like, there's a lot more pressure there. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, like a pressure to perform, but that's not what ministry is about.
0: It's a pressure to perform if I understand that, if I don't understand that I live before an audience of one. hmm when my audience becomes the congregation instead of Jesus, there's pressure to perform.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's the difference, I think. Yeah, that's to me. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I know. Whenever I put pressure on myself because thinking of expectations of people and even expectations of myself, and and I'm not aligning myself as a friend of God and as a son of God, then ministry becomes hard, and the operation of the presence in the ministry, it just doesn't seem to be ev- as evident. But as I align myself with him in truth, which is what we're talking about here, the manifestation of his presence in that ministry is much more noticeable. And then even in my own personal life, you know, um, it's easy to stay delivered whenever you're walking with a deliverer. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So, got anything to add? Yeah. All right, and with that, this is our the end of our sermon series on Lordship. And I can't remember
1: what our next series
0: is. Next week will be uh, our bonus episode about Brazil, which is going to be good. So we had Courtney, and, Courtney and Jamie are going to be on sharing some testimonies about their experiences in Brazil and how it's affected their lives. And um, yeah, it's going to be good stuff. So until then. Do what, Do what Jesus
1: said. <laughs>